This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show with me, with me, me, Stamford Chidge, and uh, him, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. How are ya? All right, mate. Thanks. Have you thawed out since Brighton? Oh God. Well, it was the half-hour walk back to the car that did it for me. I went mean, warmed up a bit doing that, and everybody got lost. I was the only one. I said, "It's this way," and they all went, "Oh, we're trusting Jonathan," but I was my my. Uh, my nose, my nose, my directional nose, my bent got me there. Um, and we got back and then we we got back at one in the morning. I mean, it's just horrendous. The, the way the Amex is organised is absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. You're que- queuing up isn't the word. You're just all crushed. Then you can't get out because of the station, Farmer Station. Yes, yeah, so, uh, yes, I have. <laughs> God, it was freezing. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. Um, tonight, really, officially, if you see what I mean, it's just me and thee because we're a man down tonight. So yes, dear yes. old, dear old Martin Wickham, who was due to be with us tonight, he's not very well at the moment. So uh, Martin, I, if you're listening, and of course I know you listen to the show religiously, like it's a three-line whip to do so if you're on the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, get well soon from all of us, mate. We're thinking yeah, of well, you. Get well, Martin. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we just have to introduce the professional, really, don't we? Well, when's he coming? He's here, oh, mate. He's here. He's been here all the time. Oh, get it! Very good, very uh, good. Thanks very much. It's uh, it's the great um, the great uh, stalwart from Football London, who's um, who article during the week uh, articles were were brilliant, brilliant, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, and much lauded and good for you, mate. It's Adam Newson. Thank you very much, J.K. Lovely to see you, Adam. Are you well? Yes, yes, I'm very good for the most part. So thank you very much for having me back on, as always. No problem at all, mate. We love having you on. And uh, as JK said, actually, you, you wrote a couple of absolutely zinging pieces Corkers. this week. Yeah, Corkers. they were very, very good. Blimey. Blimey. Yeah. You're yeah. too kind. You're too kind. Yeah, there we go. Um, we, let's get straight into it. Um, you know, broad brush strokes, I think, for a Friday review of the Brighton-Chelsea uh, uh, match. Um, I, I mean, as, as you kind of know, because I've, I've written a piece pretty much on this theme, Adam, which I think 
I think it's going up tomorrow if I if, if all things work to plan. But you know, poor performance, uh, physical and mental fatigue, or both? Would you say both? But I think one informs the other. That's what I think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's not really too much to say, is there, about this? It's kind of of similar to the Brighton home game where I remember looking at the players after about 20 minutes and thinking they all looked knackered. It was pretty similar at the Amex. Again, you sort of half an hour in and, yes, Chelsea have the lead, but they don't really deserve the lead. Brighton looks so much fresher, so much fitter. Better. Um, better, yeah, working to a better plan. And you can't... You can't really argue too much as to why that's happening with Chelsea because they have played more matches. I think it's, well, 15 or 16 now since December the 1st, which is far more than any other club. Um, obviously, we've had injuries. We've had COVID in that time. But we're, we're the club that has kept on playing in every competition. And, and eventually that was going to catch up with us. Um, sadly, it's caught up with us and it's cost us points and probably, well, almost certainly the title is now done. We're looking again over our shoulder at top four now. Um, but as uh, as I wrote in the week, Chelsea have got next week off. That will hopefully do them a lot of good to just let the players go off and do whatever the hell they want. Um, then I think they're back and then they've got the FA Cup and then they're going to, to Abu Dhabi for the Club World Cup, which look is a, is a competition we all want Chelsea to win, of course. Um, but at the same point, there's a good chance they'll be out there for five to six days in the sun as a group, which I haven't really been that much, um, which I think is probably going to be really important. And look, if, if, if all that happens and in three weeks' time we're still going, mm, doesn't look right, then I think it's a time to be concerned. Yeah. But now there, there's lots of reasons as to why Chelsea aren't at the level they should be. And I, I, I mean, I, 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 totally, I totally concur. And I also totally agree with uh, what Tuchel had to say. I mean, you know, I've got, I'm a big fan of his... His his absolute honesty, um, and uh, you know, I think that is the situation. I mean, you were there, J.K., and I mean, I, I think here's a, a good point because you know, you you said and Brighton were better, and indeed they were. They are a good team. You know, they've lost fewer games than anybody outside the top three. So the top three have lost fewer yeah, games, yeah. but other than that, Brighton are the next. They can't score. They've got but, our problem. Well, indeed they have. But they are a good team, well coached, great. very, very organised. But also they were they were quicker to the ball yeah. and they were more and sharper. And that um, Cucurella left back is really class act, blimey. And also he was the out ball. Whenever there was a um, that you thought, what are they going to do with it? There he was. And he was. we never dealt with him. Nobody ever. They didn't move anybody across so then he had the opportunity to dribble in or center except they just couldn't put the ball in the net as is the other than the bizarre goal the header where he just walked in there was no jumping or anything he just walked past three players and they had the ball in the net and i just wanted to say um what he said today in the press conference was that it wasn't just the mental and physical he said there was an attitude problem today he actually said that in the um in the press conference which is something he hadn't encountered before with them is they had an attitude and he said it was a consequence he felt of the mental and physical, but he 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 actually alluded to that. And I felt that you got that from the row between Lukaku and Zayek, which we didn't know obviously when we were sitting there because it's too far away. But and also the fact that that he didn't celebrate. I mean, I got sent a text saying why hasn't he celebrated? And I thought oh, I have no idea. It's fifty yards away. I presume it because it was a fluke. You know, the goal was not a fluke. It was like him him petulantly going, "Oh, I can't do anything. I'll just have a shot." Oh, I've scored. You know, it wasn't a kind of, you know, well, hey, it was a kind of, oh, look at that, I can't actually do that. 
Um, but you know, we're once again we're going to get into the enigma, the desire. Who you know, if we were doing Guinness moments, the his forty yard pass to Alonso was a completely immaculate moment, and you just think, come on. And also, he defended very well. I've got to give him that. Everybody he got he got such grief on Twitter um, for being useless, and actually. He plays that other defensive role very well, and he did well with it. And it, and because it, otherwise they would have waltzed in a couple of times. But um, I just wonder whether that this attitude thing is a is a Lukaku based thing. Is it? Uh, is what's happening in well, that instance? I you mean, know, it, it, is. I want. I want to ask Adam that because he's been probably a, a little a little bit closer to it than we have. But I mean, I did. I did a well. I did write, not allude to it. I. I pretty much, you know, said it as it was. I. I actually think that. You know, the attitude is kind of, it's a grumpiness. And I think, you you know, that you can also attribute that to being, you know, so tired at the moment as well. I mean, yeah. just just think, just think toddler who's overtired. Just think me, if I've been working my bollocks off all week and I shower at you on a Friday week, you know, a night, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it happens to us all. So, Adam, I, 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 I'm kind of prepared to go with that. But one has to ask the question, you know, is is there a rift in the camp here? Is it Lukaku-based? What's going on? I think part of it is, as you say, uh, the players being tired is, is creating some grumpiness. And look, some of the some of the players feel that they've been unfairly treated or, or mishandled by the Premier League because there was an expectation when Chelsea put in that postponement request against Wolves that that game would be called off because... Why wouldn't it have been? There were sort of five, six, seven COVID cases at that point. There were injuries and other teams had had games called off. So I think there is a bit of a feeling of why us? Why are we the ones still playing when certain other clubs have had games called off because they've had players at the African Cup of Nations and suspensions and injuries and a couple of COVID cases. Um, obviously, we won't mention any names. Um, but <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. Um <laughs> But, I was being an impression uh, of a gun just then. Uh, the Lukaku interview, it 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 has seemingly had some reverberations. Obviously, with Tuchel, um, it's kind of just disrupted things that didn't need to be disrupted. I don't know how deep it runs, but obviously, you know, I think there was a lot of surprise by certain from certain players that Lukaku did this in the first place, and and. It's a weird one for him to come into this group, which is a Champions League winning group. And to do that, yeah, it's a strange thing to do. And if it's caught some people out, then fine. You'd hope that there isn't a huge issue. Um, he has apologised. You hope that's been accepted sincerely um, by everybody and they've got on with it. But um, but yeah, I, I I think it's just more the tiredness at the moment. And I think that's the, the attitude that Tuchel's talking about is... is Yes, the attitude wasn't right at Brighton. Chelsea didn't go out there and looked like they were trying to win that game. It was very much almost playing within themselves. And I think that's kind of what Tuchel's trying to reference there is is that's the attitude. He wants them to go out and actually attack games in the same way that they did before, even if they're tired. Mm. He was very vehement in saying it wouldn't happen again today. Did you see that? Well, they that. have had a couple of days off this week. So I think it was that even though Tuchel... Oh, even rather though Tuchel than his his discipline rather than he was, it wasn't a disciplinary thing. It was more of a tiredness thing. You think? Yeah. Was. And I think took, you know, he's given them a couple of days off. It's a big game against Tottenham at Stamford bridge. I think Tuchel's expecting the right approach for that game that Chelsea will go out and actually try and take the game to Tottenham rather than what they did against Brighton, which was essentially sit there and go, yeah, we're quite tired here. So 
you have a go and then we'll try and nick a goal. And if we do, we'll try and hold on. I mean, interestingly, other than that 15 minutes on the 75th minute where it all suddenly went uh, gear up, it was just interesting to see. And they were completely on the defensive and I thought we'd score. But that did coincide with the three subst- the substitutes that came on as well. So, I mean, look, here's the thing, right? I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Adam, but I, I, and I was going to ask a question of, I wonder if, you know, we can actually say that Tuchel has exacerbated this situation a weeny bit. You know, I think if you go around telling players that they're really tired all the time, funnily enough, they're going to be really tired all the time and they're going to use it as an excuse. The other thing is, you know, that if there's a poor attitude there, what it says to me is that they're running around that pitch feeling sorry for themselves. And I think that's the man, it's the manager's job to go into them and say, look, guys, don't run around feeling sorry for yourselves. Get fucking angry. Get angry at the situation. Let's use this to unite us together against all the other bastards who are trying to screw it for us. You know, and I, I'm sorry, I love Tuchel to bits, but I wouldn't, I, if, if I was managing that team, I would not be letting them go around feeling sorry for themselves. That is for sure. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I do think, and I may, may be misremembering here, but I do think Tuchel has said something along the lines of we can't, feel sorry for ourselves i do think he has said that at some point in the last he said, couple of weeks he said he said i'm complaining but i'm not complaining in the in the post-match brighton presser yeah after brighton he was saying i'm not i'm not making excuses i'm just explaining the facts which yeah you can take but i i do feel he said it along lines of, of we can't feel sorry for ourselves because it's the reality we face or something like that at some point in the last couple of weeks but no i understand what you're saying if if people if someone's constantly telling you you're tired then you'll go, yeah, actually, I am tired. Um, but it's, you know, professional athletes are obviously very well conditioned and looked after, and I'm sure the medical team are looking at it going, yeah, these these guys have got muscle fatigue and X, Y, and Z, and it's hard to not have that reinforced, if you know what I mean, at this point, because everyone knows it. Um, but I understand the approach and the mental side of it from what you're saying. Um, I just I just do think, after this next couple of weeks, I'm just hoping that everything is back to sort of normal at that point. Well, we, we've also got after the game on Sunday, we we don't have a game for nigh on two weeks because the uh, the cup matches. Well, it's a, it's the not we're having. A, there's that funny kind of weird break that they're having, the, the kind of winter break, and then the weekend after that is is Plymouth. Yeah. So they've got effectively two weeks off. So, and then they go off to. Uh, Abu Dhabi so hopefully that will do what we need it to do just very quickly to kind of finish this bit up before we talk a little bit about the presser um I'm wondering sorry Jonathan did you put your hand up yeah, yeah I just wanted to say and even you could even say that Plymouth might be another rest as well if he puts yeah if he exactly puts, yeah yeah but with, with all due respect to Plymouth you you would kind of think that took will make changes and look how many training sessions are you going to need to prepare for Plymouth yeah with all, with all due respect to Plymouth no, it's, a, it's a very valid point. Um, I mean, yeah, just to kind of finish this this little bit up on the Brighton thing. Um, I mean, we, I mean, obviously we're playing Spurs on Sunday, but they managed to. Uh, I think they they broke the record for the latest comeback, having been behind to to beat Leicester three two. I mean, I'm not as impressed about that as Ricky, no doubt, will be when he comes on in a minute, because it's Leicester, and we know how flaky Leicester are. But the reality is, is that they are, because they've got so many games uh, in hand on us, they are within touching distance of us, as are Arsenal, Adam. I mean, I think the the point I'm really making is not necessarily can both of those teams catch us up, because of course they can if they win all those games. 
it's more to do with us because if we slip up any more you know then we make ourselves very vulnerable to that so Chelsea really you know Tuchel's got to work hard over the next couple of weeks to sort this out actually I think yeah, he does, because the last thing I think any of us want is another season where we go into the final day without our top four status secured. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of bored of that at this point. I'd like us to very go bored, in very bored. With, with three or four games left going, yeah, we're fine, we're safe, it's all good. Uh, we, we're not going to get uh, knocked out of Champions League places. Um, but the, the, the reality is, yeah, it's it's hard to read the table when Tuchel said this. You know, We'll get onto it more in the press conference today that it's difficult to read the table at the moment because everyone's kind of in false positions yeah. because yeah I think Burnley have played six games fewer than us obviously they're not in our in our race but still it's bizarre to be in this situation um I guess from Chelsea's perspective look we we know what we have to do we have to keep winning and, and Tuchel has reiterated I think after Liverpool he got a little bit um sorry against Man City he got a little bit spiky when he was asked about the top four race and potentially being caught and and sort of said something along the lines of well yeah it can happen. Do you not have any new information for me? Which I thought was quite interesting that he reacted in that way. Um, I think he, he is getting spiky at the moment because I think he's tired. He's yes, physically he and mentally fatigued. And I, I mean, you know, this is his first season in the Premier League, first full season. He's never had to deal with that mental marathon that it is. I mean, it's recognised around the world and in Europe as the toughest league in the world. And there's a reason for that because there's 38 bloody games and every team's at you. So he's never had to deal with that. And on top of that, he's had two massively key injuries. He's had COVID to deal with. He's had the most crippling schedule I think I've ever seen at Chelsea, ever, actually. And to boot, he's got all of these compounding injuries because of all of the above, you know. So he's got an awful lot on his plate. I, I forgive him utterly if, if he's getting a bit spiky with some journalists asking. No, I know you never do, but I, I do listen to the press conferences. And I think if I was Tuchel, I would be leaping over that desk and nutting them. He was, um, he was short. <laughs> I'd be nutting the bloody TV monitor then. He was short, wasn't he, today with yeah. several of the uh, of the journalists? Yeah, and, and it's kind of it is tricky, and this is I'm, I'm not going to go too into it because it's, I'm sure it's very dull for most listeners. But I think there's obviously a lot of different reporters on rotations from certain places and and whatnot, and they will come with a question that they want to ask, but they don't realise that Tuchel's probably been asked a variation of this question three times in the past two weeks because of how many games we've played. So I think for him, he's hearing the same question over and over and over again, and he's starting to get a bit bored of it at this point, um, which is completely within his rights to do. Um, and yeah, sometimes he he has been very short, and that, that's fine. You can't argue against that because you know he's a football coach who I'm sure would probably be doing a lot of different things since talking to us every literally three or two days at the moment. Um, but just going back on the Arsenal Spurs point, I mean, Arsenal don't have European football. They're out of the FA Cup. It's a very Arsenal season, but at the same point, they're going to have just the Premier League to focus on now between now and the end of, of the season. Spurs are also out of Europe. They're not going to have too much else to focus on apart from the league and FA Cup. So it is concerning that these clubs are probably going to end up playing one game a week pretty much um, for the remainder of the season. Obviously, there's, there's a few catch-up games because of, of postponements, but it does mean that we are going to have to be at our absolute best because we're still in four competitions, five competitions between now and the end of the season. And that is going to, again, 
yes, we'll have our break, but it's going to still put a huge strain on the squad to, to play across all those games, uh, all those competitions. Does this effectively mean that the, the squad should be stronger for next season if this is going to be? Will he try and get that implemented if this is going to be the, the workload for Chelsea being that successful? Because I know um, we've stuck with the injuries. I suppose it's a very it's a very unconventional season just because of, of COVID and the, the yeah. fan. But it seems to me that the, the injuries have been caused, as we've been saying, by the overplaying. Um, uh, and that's that's unfortunately hit two of the key players. I mean, I I got slightly annoyed by everybody saying, well, the only reason that it's the, the team aren't playing well is because they've lost their two wing backs. I think where there are occasions where we played without James and Chilwell, and we did very well. I don't think it's entirely down to them at all. Can I just say an, another thing I noticed at the um, press conference today when he didn't want to answer any of the questions, he started fiddling with his watch. Did you see that? He just actually spent an enormous know, amount of yeah. He was just doing this or constantly, and then I then could he looked. Tell you, I could tell you reams about his body language today. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That's a, I'm not interested in what you're saying. Yes. And when he, when the presser started, he was like this. Absolutely like that. Never seen him before. Sorry I for think. those for those listening in black and yeah. white. Jonathan and yeah. I are crossing our arms in a very defensive arm. manner. Yeah, very defensive. I will say there was one point in the uh, embargo stuff in the in the written section where he very much leant back in his chair and put his arms behind his head and went like that, which I thought was very much him going, "Yeah, I'm, I'm done I'm, with this. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. we just move on, please?" I mean, so, uh, 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 bloody, I'll get my words all middled up. Uh, I mean, other than the fact that I learned that uh, Trevo and Christensen are still, and James, in fact, are still not ready uh, to come back, uh, although they're beginning to train. Um, well, uh, Andreas isn't. He's still obviously coded out. No, uh, Reese is doing individual stuff. He's not back with the team. No, that's right. And and uh, Ch- Trevo's start- Trevor's back today, yeah. but not 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 going to be rested. I think. So I mean, you know, there were lots of things that were discussed, but I mean, I don't think he was really in the mood to to really talk about it but you know he did talk about our performances he talked about spurs interestingly he talked about not prioritizing trophies and just going for every one uh, yeah, i thought that was fascinating yeah. though, that every game is specific he doesn't ever ever think that's the best game we can avoid this which is of course is what an elite manager does but he he, w- he wouldn't even be be swayed by talking about dembele and yet i'm surprised that they wouldn't nobody's brought up um uh, dylan williams and dest which appeared to be the other two wing backs that uh, appeared to be in the news, so um, perhaps that's just a Twitter thing. Um, Dylan, Dylan Williams will be joining the Dev squad if that goes through. Yeah, he's, he's not even with so. the first team now. He's eighteen, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But he's yeah. a wing. He is wing back though, as opposed to everybody else who's been playing out of position in the in the development squad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, sorry, sorry. To say Dest was another one as well as Dembele, both from Barcelona. I can't really understand. I mean, Dembele makes more sense because he played, he managed him at Dortmund for a year and he mentioned that. But he he did that thing of, you can never quite tell whether he's telling the truth actually in those instances he just he just shrugged it off and said you know i'm i don't really know what's going on here but then appeared to have you know enormous amount of knowledge of him which he would do because he said i i i he's a great player and i i um i trained him for a year and uh, i'd like to have trained him for longer you think oh all right perhaps, I mean, perhaps we will be training training for longer but uh, um with us but yeah he wouldn't be swayed on that as always he's never swayed on he won't. He won't comment on other clubs. He says it's not fair, isn't it? Every time. Mm-hmm. But um, so who knows? Perhaps we might make a signing. And at the moment, what do you know about the Emerson situation? Is that just not happening at all? Is that all? 
Rubbish. Uh, I still think Chelsea will go back with one more attempt. Or one to, bigger attempt. To, to, to sort of convince Leon to sell a player they don't own to the club that they already, who the club already <laughs> does own him. Um, but I do think Chelsea are going to try and do something at that left wing back spot. If they can't get um, Emerson done, then I think they'll look elsewhere. But Serginio Dest's agent came out with quotes this week or, or the head of the agency saying he's still happy in Barcelona. But I think that's all sort of lip service. Um, but yeah, it's not been the sort of affirmative action sort of packed transfer window maybe we expected it in that position at left wing back because obviously we've known now Chilton was going to be out for the rest of the season for a good few weeks so I mean isn't isn't that also down to the to the state of the market at the moment you know it, people are I mean a number one everybody in the in fact actually to use my oft used quote there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that Chelsea are in the market for a left back so therefore <laughs> you know they're not exactly going to be going to make it easy for us they're either going to try and charge us way too much as they often do or they're gonna or they're just going to be really you know try and be really edgy about it i think so i don't think it's going to be easy for us just to decide oh well we want that person and go and buy them um and then then there's the other general thing which is people don't really unless you know the only people who tend to go in uh in in a a january transfer market are people who are who you have to massively overpay for Okay, because they don't want to let them go. You know, they don't want people don't want to sell their players in the middle of the season unless they don't think they're any good. So you either pick up dross or you overpay for talent, which I think is exactly why Tuchel wants Emerson because of of all those reasons. Because he knows Emerson, he knows the player, he knows he's a personality that fits with the squad. Emerson knows Chelsea. He's lived in England before, no problem there. He's learned some of the system from last year. There's a lot of, of very logical reasons for Chelsea trying to go and get Emerson. And I know the optics of Chelsea paying money to sign a player they already own is weird, but it does tick a lot of boxes because the last thing Chelsea need is another loan signing like Saul, who comes in and requires five months to get up to speed because then what what's the point, what's the point? ultimately? Yeah. So, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. I do think Chelsea are going to try and make another play to get Emerson like, before the window shots, for sure. Well, in a sense, I hope they get him because I think that's what Tuchel wants. He wants to work with somebody he knows, and I, I get that. Anything else, you know, tickle your fancy from the presser today, Adam? No, as you say, he wasn't in his most chatty mood. Um, he was asked about Lukaku again, and I think he's very, very bored about talking about Lukaku. Um, I think we're all bored of Lukaku, mate. Was asked about Antonio Rudiger's contract again. Again, no dramatic update. Um, although I see Heath Rudiger's given some quotes to Sky now where he says he's very committed to Chelsea, but he said that before. Um, hasn't signed a new contract. So, um, so yeah, there's, I don't think there's anything new um, to really get stuck into, to be honest. Um, let's get Spurs out of the way, hopefully with a win. As I said, recharge. Everyone can have a couple of weeks off. Uh, not me, but everyone at Chelsea. It'd be nice not to be travelling around. I'm sure JK feels the same for a few days. Actually be based somewhere for more than four or five days. Um, and then hopefully we'll have a much better, stronger, more exciting second half of the season than we've had the last sort of six to seven weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have a feeling that this break <clears throat> could be useful and just kind of what the doctor ordered, really. Certainly as they're spending more time together. Um, I do I do really want us to win that World Club Cup, though, because... Uh, it's still really. I mean, I didn't like Benitez as much anyway, but you know, <laughs> any any hope he may have had of me approving of him disappeared rather swiftly after he threw through people. He threw 
the club World Cup through his own tactical incompetence. Uh, so, you know, and I, I really want a trophy that we haven't won yet. And then, and I really want to be able to say we've won it all because when we win that, we have won it all. Apart from Southampton fans, the Johnson's paint trophy, I know. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, JK, how do you feel about that? <clears throat> yes, I'd love us to win it. I agree with you completely. It would be nice to, um, uh, and then win the League Cup as well. And um, uh, did you see that wonderful quote on um, uh, after the Arsenal game where the commentator said, um, Liverpool go back to Anfield South, talking about Wembley as if it was uh, oh. it was their yeah it was their, their their right to go back. That was where they went all the time. And uh, I think our our Dan actually pointed out that um, uh, we'd been there since um, the new Wembley opened nineteen times, and they've been there seven. But it is such a biased biased setup. Um, now I, I'd I'd love us to win the. Uh, to win the, uh, the, the the club championship, I think the world championship, because we could we could say we're world champions. I'd love that, and and it would be as you say, it would be another um, another trophy that we can uh, waggle at people, along with our willies. I, so, wa- I wonder if if we win if we win the world club cup, and I can't wait to to, to do the show where we preview that actually, because that might be quite a giggle because it'd, be, it'd be somewhat esoteric, which is of course part of its lovely charm. But, of course, it does pose a question. The most important question that it poses is, well, what will we sing? You know, because obviously we sing Champions of Europe. We know what we are. I mean, is, is and this is a question, is the only appropriate chant, uh, we are the, uh, champions, the champions of the, of world. the world. You know, that one. Yes. It is really, yes. isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. It is. It is. Annoyingly so. An- annoyingly yeah. so. I agree, I agree yeah. JK. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. on that, there we go. That's what I call. It won't be sung well. It won't be sung well either, will it? Let's be honest. There'll be lots, <laughs> of, lots of shrieking. <laughs> we are champions of the world. Well, well I think I think that there is a there's, an, there's a, a huge point in that because you know it, it wouldn't be Chelsea. I mean, it's a very slow song, isn't it? It's a very slow tempo. So I mean, <laughs> we are champions. We are champions. We are champions of the world. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? It would have to be. Well, let's it? hope they don't do the verse as well. God save us! I couldn't bear it. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. are the champions, my friend. Yeah. We're gonna fight it till the end. We are the oh no, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we shall see. There we go. That's what I call uh, Chelsea fancast breaking news. There we go. So, um, Adam, we better let you go. We've got a bit of overtime out of you tonight, for which I apologise. But then again, we were all having a big natter before we went on air, so I don't feel too guilty. But uh, <laughs> uh, lovely to see you as well. Uh, obviously, you'll be there on uh, Sunday. I shall indeed. Yeah. Are you, you going to be in Abu Dhabi, by the way? Not sure yet. Not sure yet. Not sure yet. Hoping possibility. to. Uh, if, but possibility. But if, uh, if not, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'd be good if you could get out there, I think, uh, even though, well, I mean, it'd be a nice place to go for a few days. Why not? Uh, have a great week. Uh, we're going to see you, I think, next Friday as well, actually, aren't we? What? He says uh, what? If, what? If, Again? If it's, in, if, if it's in the diary, then fine. I only, I only know that. Uh, although, although, although Sam's leaving drinks next Friday. Oh, so, well, um, maybe we won't be. No, we can't so deprive you So what are we talking about anyway, Chidge? Because there isn't a match. Yes, there isn't a match. Ah, maybe I might just... Ah, I might... I'm, yeah, yeah. Adam, you're reprieved. Go and have leaving drink. Go and have leaving drinks with Sam, and have a, have a few drinks for me on his behalf too, because we uh, we said a very fond farewell to him on Monday, and uh, we sent him oh, off with okay. our best wishes. But uh, no harm in doing it again. Adam, have a great week, mate. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we will catch up soon, no doubt about that. Thank you, gents. Take care. We will. Great stuff, Adam. Adam Newson from Football London there, uh, doing brilliance for us as he always does when he comes on. Uh, now we're going to have a quick break, and then when we come back, we will be doing the opposition view. 
Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, of course, with me, Stanford Chidge, and him over there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Great to be on the show, Chidge. Looking forward to seeing Ricky. Oh, yes, indeed. Well, there we go. Let's not muck about. Uh, We have got, of course, this. The Opposition View. And on our Opposition View tonight, uh, an old mate of ours. Goes way back to the Love Sport uh, radio days. We have Mr Ricky Sachs from The Last Word on Spurs. Hello, Ricky. Hello, gents. How are we? We're all good, actually. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, well, actually, no, I'm, I'm lying, Ricky. Like like our team, we're physically and mentally fatigued, apparently. So there you well, go. Do, do you know what? You get right into it, Chid. I'm really interested to have this chat with you because, I mean, this is the third time we're facing in a matter of a couple of weeks. Mentally, I think I'm, I'm mentally drained from Chelsea. Well, you know what? I, I Because I did a little preview for you, didn't I, uh, this week for your, your preview show. And I, 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 I watched a bit of the YouTube bit. And it was, I, I can't lie, Ricky, it was quite interesting for me to watch uh, to watch four Spurs fans talking about this impending fixture against Chelsea, and and the trauma was evident oh. on, w- on what we've inflicted upon you lot for so long. I was really, I mean, because you're an honest bunch, you you know your football, you lot. I know you do, but you were really honest about it. And I, I, I mean, it's, I've not really been witnessed. I've obviously thought that that would be the case, but I've never really witnessed it kind of at first hand how traumatic it's been for you lot playing us lot. It was quite staggering, really. 
Well, Joe, you know I mean, I think everyone knows you, you guys seem to have the voodoo sign over us. I mean, it was it one win in the last 20 years. And that's why I think we're traumatised, Chidge, if I'm being honest with you. I just look at Chelsea and no matter the side you've had, no matter the managers you've had, the quality of players you've had as well, you always find a way. And I just think with Tottenham, of course, Antonio Conte in charge, we still seem to have an issue with mentality when it comes to Stamford Bridge. So much so that Jaffet Tanganga, doing an interview last week, he was asked, what is the ground you fear most going to? And he gave that almost scareful look of saying Stamford Bridge. And um, you just worry that fact that, you know, a player has that fear. Well, he's only been around the team for the last 18 months. I mean, this record stretching back the last 20 years. So it is for me a mentality thing. And I just wonder whether Spurs can shake that off. Yeah, I mean, as, as you boys were saying. I mean, listen, before before we kind of talk about that a little bit, I mean, you know, you, you also on your show talked about what we've talked about earlier on, actually, as well, which, of course, thanks to us, you know, being a bit poor recently and drawing a lot of games and, and you missing a lot of games because of the postponements, you've now got four in hand on us. And two of those yep. four uh, are, I, I've noticed, are against Arsenal and Brighton. Uh, yep. which will not be easy. But uh, what? who are the other two against, by the way? Because you'll know better than me. So, yeah, so we've got Burnley coming up. So we have Burnley, obviously, that got snowed off. And, of course, we've just played Leicester. So it is, as, as things stand now, Leicester was rearranged. Yeah. So um, we, we still have another game in hand. Uh, I think that potentially, on paper, I'm trying to think who that would have been. It, it may would have been Leicester on hand. But I know we've got now three or four games to take advantage of the slip. But... Um, I think you know, Chief, with Tottenham, the problem with Tottenham is they've always struggled mentally to be able to deal with teams that have got points accumulated ahead of them. I mean, again, we don't need any reminder. Chelsea, when I think you won, was it 12 on the bounce, 13 on the bounce, when we're in the title race, if you under contact, Spurs just simply couldn't mentally cope with that and just mentally combusted, really. So this is going to be pressure now for Tottenham. Although Chelsea have accumulated points and Spurs have got the games in hand, it's one thing having points, but it's another thing going to get the points. And I think for Tottenham, unless they are going to strengthen in these next 10 to 11 days in the transfer window, it's still going to be very, very tough. And Chelsea have got quality players. I do think, for me personally, and I hope it remind me bringing this in right now, I do look at that Chelsea side and there does seem to be some friction there between Lukaku and the manager and how he wants the team to play and how Lukaku fits into that. And I think that could really be a benefit to Tottenham in this game because I feel it's you spent £100 million on a player there do you try and facilitate the whole team around one player or does a player have to fit into the team? Which I think is a real interesting situation you've got at Chelsea. We are, we've been asking ourselves the same question, Ricky, for many, many weeks, I tell you. I mean, it, it's, I mean we, we, we've, we've, you wouldn't have heard us in part one, obviously, but in part one, we were, we were looking at that. And, and I think the issue with Brighton was, yes, it was a poor performance, but the general consensus seems to be you know, as as Tuchel said, these these guys are physically and mentally exhausted because the yep. schedule that they've had since December the first, in fact, the whole season really, has just been mental. They've had two key injuries with Chilwell and James going. That's actually affected us, I think, more systemically and tactically because they were key to our attacks and putting the ball in the back of the net. James um, is a both top top yeah, players, exactly. Well. But they they were they were, they were exactly. I mean, a bit like Trent Alexander Arnold and and, and Robertson do Robertson, for Liverpool. Yeah. They were fundamental to the way we played. So losing them was really bad news for us. But of course, the schedule, the COVID, the you know not yeah. getting any postponements has just meant he's had to flog the players like you wouldn't believe. And I think Absolutely. I think a little yeah. bit of the irascibility that you saw 
uh, the other night may have been down to that, but I, I won't deny it. You know, I think a lot of us are thinking Lukaku's a bad apple. You know, he did that interview. It's pissed everybody off. Um, you know, he's moaning because we don't provide him the service. The others are moaning because he doesn't fit in with the way they like to play. So I, I wouldn't deny it. It would be stupid to do so. But how impactful that will be, only time will tell, of course. You can, you Absolutely. can tell Ricky that he, things aren't good because he's just yeah. playing playing like a complete arse. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. You know, he doesn't he doesn't win any headers. He doesn't win yeah. in any challenges. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't compete. So there's something absolutely. Well, he was doing well when he played against Villa and the following yeah. game, and and then this this the article the 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 interview came out, and he and he was dropped, and he seems to have gone back to whether he's sulking or being petulant. And Zayek had a go at him at halftime in the Brighton game, and you wonder whether the other players are all fed up with him because he doesn't. He doesn't. We were talking about it earlier. He doesn't press. He doesn't really seem to do much at all. And and we're 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 we were just debating the fact that he might just play Havertz from the beginning of the game because Havertz has hardly played, um, and he might go back to playing that way, which is the, the you know that was that was him him up front won them the, the Champions League. Yeah, so he, he might yeah. play that way against against you on Sunday. We never know. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. R- Ricky, here's a question for you. I mean, you know, I know it's early days with Conte and it, it has I don't I think it's I mean I would say he steadied the Spurs ship definitely but I I, I wouldn't say much more than that I mean maybe I'm a yeah, bit colored I'm a bit colored by no, that's fair. I, yeah, well, no, that's, I'm, that's I'm a bit fair. I'm a bit colored by how we beat you you know <laughs> frank frankly quite easily in the caribou but um I mean what is he doing to right the Spurs ship at the moment do you think yeah, I mean, firstly, I will say, Chidge, I mean, I'm, I try and keep my you know self level headed about what he's done. I mean, listen, we've, we've got results so far against the teams that you would expect us to, and the teams that are nature of better quality, we have struggled. The likes of Chelsea, it, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. He, again, to come into the job and get you know six wins out of a possible nine in the Premier League to still be unbeaten um, with a club like Tottenham isn't an easy feat, and therefore, you know, the, the manner in which they came back against Leicester City really impressed me. I think Conte is instilling very slowly already that mentality of belief into the boys. But I do think Chelsea away is always a frightening proposition, whoever the manager is, whoever we're up against in terms of players on your side, because as I've said before, there is that mental block there. And it's whether Conte in time can eradicate that from the players. But Ricky, has he changed the way they've been playing? I mean, has he played... Um, Kane there further a, forward because he, uh, yeah, he, he, I mean, was, he was lurking yeah. too far in midfield all the time whenever we watched it. I thought I didn't understand. I've got to be honest, John. I mean, we, we couldn't be more defensive under 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 Conte. If you look at the way we sat up on the Nuno, we tried. We were literally, I think mean, it was, we couldn't get out our own half at times under Nuno, bless him. And it was, yeah, it yeah. was difficult. I mean, I will say Conte has come in and he has made us play a, a bit more of an expansive brand of football. It's not full out attack. Um, to be honest with you, but again, Spurs have always been a good counter-attacking team. They've got the player to do that. And you're right in what you're saying. Harry Kane now, he's playing a lot more advanced up the pitch. And Conte, very much you can see now, is informing Kane to not keep dropping back into the middle. So on that basis, yes, Harry Kane is playing a lot more forward. I think Kane is thriving off the back of having a real top manager. And I think as fans... Yeah, you, Ricky, you and I could have got him to do that. Well, awesome. exactly. Exactly. Whenever I, watched, whenever I watched Spurs, I thought, why the fuck is Kane playing midfield? What's the matter? He's, he's, he's one of the best, best centre-forwards in the country, possibly in Europe. What's he doing playing there? You know, I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you, John. Do you know what it was? I mean, with Kane, I mean, like any of us, I think we were... I don't think Kane ever truly wanted to leave the football club, but I think he felt he was forced to leave because of the nature of where Tottenham were going. 
You know, he's lost Jose Mourinho, whoever we think of Mourinho. Listen, you've had him as well. And there's that argument that Mourinho is on his decline now. Um, so Harry mentally comes to terms with that. He's lost Jose. Then he gets Nuno coming. So I don't want to I say take up too much of your time on Nuno because, again, it's irrelevant now. And we've got Conte on board. But what I will say is, what I will say is the fans are so fully on board early with Conte. And it has surprised me to some extent because, again, it is another former Chelsea manager. But maybe the way in which he did depart the club is a reason why Spurs fans are right firmly behind him. But um, listen, so far, so good. I think we all know with Conte, he's not really a long-term fix. Well, if he he's doesn't get the players the he wants, Ricky, if he well, doesn't get the players he wants, he'll throw his, yeah. his, his he'll show the toys out of the pram. Because that's Absolutely. what he does. So he did it and this is why, he yeah. Inter yeah. for exactly the same reason. Absolutely. And this is why these next 10 to 11 days are crucial for Tottenham. I think it's really disappointing, I'll be honest with you, that we didn't have any new players in place for that Carabao Cup tie. Because for me, that, again, cups for Tottenham fans, as you know, or oh, yeah, you should know by now, there are everything. And um, I just felt in that second against Chelsea, I felt almost Conte waved the white flag a little because he didn't play uh, Hugo Lloris, um, the club captain, who's now obviously subsequently yes. signed a two-year contract. And I yeah. almost wonder what message that translated to the rest of the dressing room. But listen, no arguments. Chelsea were the better side over the two legs. Pretty deserved to go through. Uh, but this is a real, real big game at the weekend for the battle for the top four. And again, with what's going on at Chelsea and the manner of how they played against Brighton, I think if Tottenham turn up and have that same character and mentality they showed against Leicester, we've got every opportunity. I mean, I, I think if you are going to do that, you, you're going to have to press the shit out of us, literally. You know, yeah. whoever we play in midfield. I mean, I, I have a suspicion that it'll be Kovacic and Kante, but it, you know, equally it could be Jorginho Kante or Jorginho Kovacic. If it is Jorginho, just press the shit out of our miss. I mean, Man City last week, Ricky. I mean, you know, Kante yeah. is probably, arguably, our only world class player. And, um, I mean, he, when he plays, he's phenomenal, unless he's only playing on one leg. And even then, he's pretty good. City gave him no time on the ball at all. And he looked ordinary last week. So, if you press yeah. the hell out of us on, on Sunday, that's that's where I give you a chance. I just wonder, though, Chidge, I don't know if the players have got it in them to press a side like Chelsea for a full 90 minutes. And that's what concerns me a little bit because of Chelsea's quality. Listen, regardless of what's ever happened in Wittekargu, there's still another nine players out there from this count the goalkeeper that can hurt a team. So I think, again, Conte's just got to get that right in terms of the balance. And as I've said before, I mean, our record against Stanford Bridge, you guys need no reminding. It's one win in the last 20 years. Mm. So on that basis alone, we've got to be realistic that if someone offered me a point right now, I'd absolutely snap your arm off for it. I really, really would. Despite Chelsea's inconsistencies and their performances, it's still a very good manager. It's still a very good group of players. And Spurs are a team that always struggle away to Stanford Bridge. So I am realist. Yeah, that that three one defeat, Ricky, of course, was when Conte was our manager, and many of us haven't quite forgiven him for that yet. That was correct. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable day. Yeah, well, I know unbelievable for you day, it was. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, haven't, I, I haven't forgotten it either, mate. Don't you worry. Um, how, how do you how do you think Spurs? Will, I mean, I know Son's missing and Dyer's missing, yep. and, and Romero is still out. Well, actually, Dyer Dyer is back now. Is he? I mean, whether he's yeah, Dyer has been. Uh, Conte believes he's now in a position where he can be selected. I mean, listen, it's a massive game to call him back for. But what I would say is that Spurs have looked a lot more suspect at the back without Eric Dyer. And I can't believe I'm saying that because Dyer, for me... (laughs) No, I mean, mean, listen, for Dyer, I have been thinking with Dyer, he has been struggling, I would think, consistently to find that form. But to be fair to him, listen, he he has improved Dyer. But the problem you've got is, and I think it's all the time with Tottenham, is that with Dyer, there's always 
always some form of erraticness in his game over the course of the 90 minutes. And if he can eradicate that, listen, he'd be the most unbelievable player. He would be, you know, up there, you know, as a signing for Chelsea or a signing for United or a signing for City. But you do wonder that it's now two or three years that, again, he's trying to learn a new position and he's still got that moment of erraticness in his game. But there's no doubt about it. Tottenham look a lot more solid when he's at the back. He's a leader. He's commanding. He talks to the back four. And of course, this is where Boyd also the news that Hugo Lloris has signed a new two and a half year contract with the club. Because as you guys know, goalkeepers, they're very hard to replace. Mm. So again, we're lucky that we've got Lloris for a further two and a half years. Mm. All right. So uh, let's nail those colours to the mask. I have a suspicion you're going to go for a draw, Ricky. I am going to go to for <laughs> a very, very boring nil-nil. I wouldn't say park the bus Santini mode, but I will say Spurs <laughs> to, to grind out a draw, fingers crossed, and well, frustrate the Chelsea fans. There you go. Well, you know what? I, I could I could see that happening with our inability to actually bloody put the ball in the back of the net. I mean, <laughs> it, it, I can see that. And of course, we defend so very well. I, I don't think that's implausible at all. JK, you look, look poised to leap in there, mate. Oh, I just think that means that what it'd be is 75% possession, um, 16 corners and uh, 27 shots to Spurs. No shots on target at all in the whole of the game. Is that what you think? Ricky? Yes, With we're, we're going we're, essentially, we're going to go back to Nuno for a game, I think. No shots on target. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Nuno won with Wolves doing exactly that against Chelsea That's at the beginning. Maybe we should maybe recall Nuno. Mm. Okay, Ricky. Well done, mate. Um, you know, obviously, I hope that it doesn't end up being a nil-nil, but because uh, I think we need to win. That's the reality. Because I do think there is a, there is a, there is a chance that you and Arsenal could catch us, which would not please me. So uh, we do need to, we need, we need to stop drawing at home and getting some oh. wins. But there you go. And, and I must say to you, Chich, as much as I do love you and I love your show, <laughs> um, I am sick of playing Chelsea. So I do look forward to hopefully talking to you another six months' time when this is finally the last game that we play each other this season. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> you see, conversely, Ricky, we, we wish that we could play you every week, obviously. I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> then you would win the league. Ricky, Ricky, you know as well as I do, we'll be drawn against each other in the FA Cup. You know, oh, don't, you oh, know honestly, it. You know it's going to happen. That. Well, until until then, Ricky, when hopefully we'll get you back, uh, as we, we'd love to do, um, you know, take care of yourself, mate. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, hopefully we will catch up soon. Okay, guys, and hopefully this is the last time I talk to you this season, <laughs> but all the best. We won't take it personally. Ricky, take care, mate. Thanks for coming on. Always Cheers, great guys. to speed you. Take care. Cheers, well done, mate. Ricky. Well Thank done. you so much. Always, Cheers, guys. Well done, Thanks so much. There you go. The, the uh, lovely Ricky Sachs there from the last word on Spurs. So don't go away because we're going to give our preview in a minute or two. So uh, see you then. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. I am, of course, Champ- uh, Stamford Chidge. I can't even say my Champ- own name. Ch- Champford Stidge. I like yeah. that. Yeah, Champford Stidge. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's. A- I mean, you know, it's Friday when your words are just getting complete. And I'm uh, I'm Nathanotch Dick. <laughs> well, if you say so, J.K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Anyway, um. What are we doing? Yes, I know. Chelsea versus Spurs, the match on Sunday. About time we had a chat about it. Well, we know, we know from the, fr- the presser, who is not available, uh, which hasn't really changed much at all. Um, but I, I do think the team selection 
begs an almighty question. I mean, one thing one thing we you know we didn't talk about uh, with Adam uh, was basically yes, we all know they're tired. Yes, we all know there's a very good excuse for the way that they're playing. But you know, it was it was a poor performance against Brighton. Even though you know, you, I think I think this is something that actually all all football fans suffer from this kind of myopia that they don't see how how well the other team plays sometimes to stop you from playing well and i think brighton deserve a, a huge amount of respect for the way that they played but of course the looming elephant in the room jk is still uh you know we cannot put the ball in the damn net mate it's this blasting over from wherever they are you just think come on get it on target what's the matter with you what are you doing? The most elementary errors to just sitting back and it soars over the bar. And, uh, you know, that you can't help but be critical of Lukaku just because he, you know, it's £97 million worth of, of a dribbly shot and an inability to deal with the opposition centre-half. And you think, come on, you, you've got to do better than this. No, no, everybody's saying he's not getting the service. And I do agree. There were some terrible moments where um, Adoy um, uh, would get into a position where you knew that Lukaku was running in and the ball had been delivered to the left and he had to whip it in. It's because his left foot isn't good enough and he's on the left side. He likes to get it onto his right. But I just feel he should have a go. So he always stops Adoy and he always then cuts back and either tries to put a right-footed pass centre in or... Um, passes it back to whoever's behind him, whether it's um, uh, Kovacic or Jorginho or whoever, whoever the fullback is, or Alonso um, when he's on the left. And uh, um, unfortunately, it means the moment goes. And I lost my temper with him on a couple of occasions, which is uh, which is rare for me because I tend to have a, a quite sanguine approach towards tactics and the team and thinking, well, he's not playing well and he's doing this and he did well and good luck to him. And I'm afraid on a couple of occasions, I said, for fuck's sake, fucking cross the ball! Ah! Like that. And uh, I was happy to do that at the time because um, I got a round of applause from a couple of people beside me who liked my sudden anger. Um, not um, Simon from Windsor, who I didn't see again. Um, but others, others. And the crowd was actually, it was very interesting. The crowd was very subdued. It was almost as if the crowd were of the same um, feeling as the team. It wasn't, there was a kind of dreadful inevitability about it. There was a kind of feeling of, we're not going to score, are we? Because we're not very good and we're not playing very well. So consequently, they didn't sing any any um, um, anti songs which other uh, uh, other other teams do or songs about the opposition that are anti which i hate but but we're normally pretty good at getting behind the team and we didn't and the williams song was sung for no apparent reason that i could get my head around at all um but it was they were quiet they were quiet because there was a kind of watching thinking well we're not doing very well and the opposition are playing better than us and we can't appear to get the ball into the net and and poor old mason was was down a level again and perhaps he's exhausted. Um, uh, the only, actually, bizarrely, the only... Yeah, sorry, Chief. No, I was going to talk about Mason and just to butt in, really, uh, yeah. because otherwise I would forget. No, if I can't even actually, you know, pronounce the right words, then we know we know what state of mind... Hey, JK, maybe I'm physically and mentally fatigued. Ah, maybe that that's the excuse it. for my poor yeah, performance Chich, Chich, tonight. Chich, if I tell you that you're not fatigued, you oh, think I feel, you'll I feel be fine. Okay. I'm, you'll be fine, I'm, but, I'm buzzing, it, JK. 
Yeah, but you're not fatigued. No, you're not, not fatigued. At all. You're fine. If, no, you, if you tell me that, then, I, then I'm not. There you go. Good, good, but, good. But uh, uh, something that I think, I mean, this is all, all to do with the Lukaku situation, really. I mean, one thing we know about Lukaku, he is not going to press as effectively as all of the other attack-minded players that we have that worked so well last season. Um, and that puts a lot more pressure on the likes of Mount and Kante, I think. And I think it frustrates them because they, I think they buy into this game plan that Tuchel has. Uh, and then they see, the, you know, if you are the, the, the furthest up the pitch, then the press starts with you. That's the high press, mate. And if he's not doing it, it just puts... No, he doesn't. That's right. He doesn't even press on the goalkeeper. It's very interesting when they watched City the other day, how Foden's role was yeah. in touch, just to consistently press Kepa and press anybody who had the ball. Uh, and, and it succeeded because he, he was so fit and he's so capable. Whereas, whereas Lukaku just lumbers, in fact, doesn't do anything, doesn't do that. However, the, the one ball that I think that they've got to think about, which is almost anathema to them, is just a big boot down the pitch, which is what so many other clubs do in these instances when in doubt you know get your get your 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 wingers and your center forward racing after it and they've scored many a goal uh, doing that we seem to be um, loath to do that and the few occasions that he does get the ball like that he he's pretty good at chasing after it and putting pressure on the center half but he was he was um he was burns bitch on uh, on tuesday you know he was completely in his pocket it was awful yeah. or it was awful chidge you just look and you think Come on, you've got to get the ball, Lukaku. You cannot let the centre half get it, scrag you every time. You know. Yeah, I agree. Well, that, I mean that that really. I mean, look. Here's the thing: we we are where we are. We've got what we've got. Um, we can't. I mean, we tried all sorts of different personnel. I mean, I mean the the. I mean, even if even if Tuchel went back to say, you know what, bollocks to Lukaku. He's, yeah. He can't do what I need him to do, so I'm just going to put him on the bench. I'm going to go back to what I did last year, so I'm going to have Havertz have as my striker. I'm yeah. going to have Mount. I'm going to have Werner, Werner or Mount and Ziyech, whatever. There's still a fundamental flaw in that because oh, we don't have Chilwell and James as the wing-backs who were fundamental to the way he wanted to attack. So yet the first seven games of the season, um, uh, it wasn't Chilwell at all, and we did very well. It well, was... that we had a fit Alonso then, but I think if you've got you know, if you've got James and not Chilwell, it works. If you've got Chilwell and not it's James, true. it works. It's but true. if you haven't got Chilwell Either and option. James, yeah. then yeah. you've got a problem, Houston. Because you've got you've got Dave chasing up and down the touchline, and uh, um, or even Pulisic filling in, and they're just not they're not as good anywhere near right. as good. I mean, I have to say, Dave Dave had a really fine game because he worked so hard in the Brighton game, and. Um, uh, and is very impressive, but once again, it's the crossing that lets him down, and he gets into positions where I mean, his his thing is not getting the he, he centers immediately. Good luck to him. You think great? It's just he 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 doesn't center very well. You know, that's he, the, he must be that's exhausted the by the time he gets up there. By the time he, yeah. <laughs> Listen, the the reason I brought this up, and we've kind of gone down this little rabbit hole, which is well worth going down actually, is that for my team selection, uh, mate. Um, you know, I, I've I've not gone three, four, two, one. I've I've gone four, two, two, oh, two again. Does that mean Sar gets in? I well, haven't I, got your little, your little men. No, here it's because I, I know I I told you I didn't. You I didn't know, no, no, you told me. I know I'm, I miss them, Chidge. I, I miss know. you. 
I'm sorry, I'm it's been them. been a bit of a day today. Um, oh, I understand, I understand. Right, yeah. so uh, this is what I've gone for, okay? I mean, basically, I've pretty much gone for uh, what we had against City. Oh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a way. Yeah, so basically what I've gone for is uh, Kepper in goal, uh, Saar on the left, because I think Alonso's absolutely knackered. Uh, so uh, Rudiger and Silva centre-backs, Aspie on the right. Because I can't really think of anybody else who could play the right back, really. Uh, Kovacic and Kante in the middle. Uh, then Mount, well, it's Ka- Kovacic and Kante the first two. Mount and Ziyech the next two. Werner and Lukaku, the the two ostensibly up front. Because we've seen that work quite well. That That's pretty much what he played against Tottenham, I think, in the away leg, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that that worked pretty well. And uh, I, I'd be quite interested to see Werner and Lukaku play big man, little man. I think I my, my guts tell me that that would work better than Havertz and Lukaku, but you never know. You know, Mount and, and Ziyech are good enough players to be really flexible to kind of, you know, drift back and, and help defensively as well as get forward. So that's what I would go for and I think that's I mean that the whole talk about that system was that it was designed to get the best you know the best out of Lukaku so I think we have no other option than to give that a whirl other than I mean as I said you can't just simply revert back to last season because we've lost the wing backs yes I think um you just hope that that I mean let's be honest Werner isn't working at all we've we've got great hopes for him all the time but um he still is not the player he was when we bought him. So you've got two misfiring players there with a with another enigma. And Pulisic doesn't get in. You wonder whether he might play Pulisic just because um uh he didn't he missed the last one. And you wonder whether he might give Havertz a go just because he only brought him in for the on for the last few minutes. So at least he's gonna be very fresh. And perhaps Zayek is the one who misses out because he's been playing all of them. And yet, um, as I say, Despite lots of people hating Zayek, particularly in the crowd at Brighton, there was a there was a dissent going on that I hadn't experienced before, which I felt a little bit a bit um, worried about with the supporters. They started picking on people. Um, they're frustrated. Maybe they're tired. They're, they're Maybe they're all, physically and mentally exhausted. I think, I think after that half hour trek to get there and then having to to queue up in a crush to get into this minor en- entrance. Yes, absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Indeed. But, um, yeah. No. So I, I'm I'm sort of with you on that on that. Uh, okay, you like that side, yeah. You like I think that, about right? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, mate. Do you think those two days off that we've had will make a bit of difference? I mean, Tuchel said in the presser that he didn't think it would make a huge amount of difference, but it was better than nothing, really. That's kind of how I read it. Well, I think he's had. Uh, he's got four days off, hasn't he? Which is something they they haven't been having. Been just been having two and three. So perhaps this will indeed make them make them perform with a zest. I mean, I even thought Kante wasn't as as effective. He gave the ball away a lot. Um, but it was interesting that when Jorginho came on, when Jorginho went off, I should say, things evolved because Kovacic played excellently. So as you say, he'll start. And I, I think Jorginho will only come on if we're a couple of goals up, actually. He needs to change it because Jorginho suffered from that thing of being um, pressurised a lot and which is the environment he doesn't play very well in. So, uh, because they were clever in doing that to him, he's a decent manager, is Potter. Yeah, he is. No, I, I mean, don't, don't. I mean, you know, underestimate, underestimate Brighton at your peril, actually. And yeah. I mean, let's be really super frank, to quote you. Um, they've been the better side in both the recent matches we've both had games, against them. Both games. So fair play. It's interesting how he gets. He's Potter's got. 
you know, really average players playing out of their skins all the time. But yeah. I, it also helps that I think the comparison, what was it, 16, 16 games to our nine in the same period, I think is, is bound to be uh, telling. And we're also, in fact, we're, it, it, we're, we're being affected by our own success, aren't we? We're being exhausted by not only COVID and injuries, but it's our own success. The very fact we've got to the final of the League Cup, if we'd been knocked out early on, which I think he almost expected with the fact we went to penalties every time, we'd have, um, we'd have had a, a competition less and we probably wouldn't be having these conversations. Well, we, we didn't have penalties against Spurs, of course. No, of course we didn't, because no. we beat... We beat them twice, didn't we? Two nil yeah. and uh, one nil. We didn't yeah. need penalties against Spurs, but it's, in, in it's all like the referee attempting to to of win it. Of course, yes, that's right. Because of course, the real result in the Spurs second leg, in in the in the eyes and the fancies of many, was in fact that it was three all, wasn't it? Yeah. On aggregate, yeah. but and it would have then gone to penalties, as you so rightly yeah. said. Anyway, we digress. Um, of course, we we got Spurs on on Sunday. Um, and I think judging from what we were saying in part one, I mean, it. it I mean, look. Duh, it's Spurs. It's always a must win. But I think given the wider context, they might be able to catch us up is what we were saying. And, you know, we've got to get our A game together. We've got to win this. This is an absolute must win, mate. It's a six pointer. <gasps> no, it's a six pointer. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought, eh? Shit. Yeah, of course we have. But also we, you've got to beat them at the bridge. I mean, for goodness sake. I suppose a draw would be okay as well, wouldn't it? No, we've got to, we've got to beat them, Chidge. Yeah, well, well, the, you know, a draw would be okay. I mean, the funny thing is the last... I mean, you know, our record against them, as as always, is pretty phenomenal. Uh, and usually much better away, actually, than at home, funny enough. But I just had a quick look at the last five matches. Um, the last five head-to-heads, obviously we've won every one apart from one which was uh, in 2021 at home when it was a two-all draw. So I, I, can, I could see a draw. I don't think that would suit us one iota, other than the fact that it means that they don't get closer to us. Yes, no, so you, we, we have to win it, which, which yeah, which uh, on, um, on current form, uh, it looks as if we'll draw. Well, I think, I mean, that's the worry because we just draw and draw and draw and draw and draw. There was another, another lovely kind of flash score stat actually about this. Um, about that that very possibility. If I if only I could find it, he says. There we go. I think I have found it. Yeah, a, a shutout, as in I think us beating them, would see. Uh, oh no, it's a clean sheet. Uh, so yeah, okay, that would be a com- complete streak of nine plus Premier League home games unbeaten for the first time since January August two thousand and nineteen. But our current unbeaten home run, the two victories recorded against teams presently outside the bottom three, saw the first two goals shared. I mean, you know, uh, so what? Look, JK, we've got to win. It's it's Spurs. You have to beat Tottenham. It's in the Ten Commandments. Yeah, you know. So, do you think we will? Um, it depends which team turns up. The knackered team or the, uh, the team that played really excellently for 10 minutes towards the end of the Brighton game, where we looked what we are, which is um, Champions of Europe. I mean, look, if if we turn up and play like we did in the two Caribou Cup games, and I thought we were we were excellent in both of those games, actually. I mean, the, particularly in the first half yeah. of the uh, of yeah. the home game. I yeah. mean, perennial problem: we didn't score enough goals and make our superiority count, yeah. but we were excellent. The intensity that we had was superb, and I thought we made their defence look as shaky as I think it is. Yeah, yeah. What worries me about this match is is oddly the same thing that worried me about the Caribou is Conte. You know, I, I I loved him when he was at Chelsea before he went a bit mental. And he's a bloody good manager. And, you know, maybe you're beginning to see the evidence of that with their win against Leicester in midweek. So I, I kind of, the back of my mind, worry a little bit about about what Conte might do. But 
frankly, pound for pound, if we're at it, if we're not physically and mentally exhausted, we get the game plan right. Or, you know, we are better than Spurs and we should win. So if they it's, turn up, it's... they will. So anyway, what are you going to go for score-wise? 2-0. Uh, 2-0. Two nil, two nil. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think I said two nil. Yeah, two nil. I think two nil. I'm feeling confident, J.K. They can't be. They can't be as physically and mentally exhausted and crap as they were against Brighton, and they've had two days off, so they've got no excuses. So if they yeah. play as well as they played in the uh, uh, the first half in the home tie, uh, the home leg of the Carabao Cup, then uh, I'll be very pleased because they'll score. Good. All right. Uh, okay, then uh, J.K. and I are, funnily enough, uh, optimistic, as we tend to be. Uh, so there we go. We're both going for a win. Now, we'll, we'll both be back on Monday, obviously, for the main Chelsea Fancast show with uh, Dan Silver and Mark Meehan at 7 o'clock, the usual time. And, of course, we'll be looking back at the match against Spurs. And Saints preserve us. We will not be looking ahead to a match for the first time, I think, since God created football. I mean, I can't believe it. So it'll be a, a, a normalist show unless you lot send in loads of emails, which will extend uh, our, our visit to you. But we'll see you on Monday, hopefully. Uh, JK, um, enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, and uh, I will see you again on Monday. Uh, take care and good to see you. And thank you. Lovely to see you. And um, yes, look forward to seeing you on Monday. You will indeed. Uh, and as for you lovely lot out there, uh, particularly the Mixler people. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 